episode 44, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're wrapping up our conversation with John Opelouski, founder and leader of Converge Coaching. John Opelouski is a graduate of Oral Roberts University. He served as a pastor for 15 years, and he's worked in the business world for nearly two decades, serving in multiple leadership roles. John's experience as a leader in both the church and business arenas has made him a sought-after international speaker, consultant, and mentor. He and his wife, Laura, founded Converge Coaching in 2012. You will never be the person God has created you to be all on your own. And this is especially important for leaders to remember. The temptation is to think the more responsibility we have as leaders, the fewer close friendships we should have, and the less we need to pay attention to our inner worlds. We think we have to avoid showing favoritism or that we need to keep our distance in order to be more effective. But as so many who've gone through burnout know, loneliness is one of the most common feelings we experience when our internal lives are unhealthy. Steps two and three in creating a lifestyle of discipleship are practicing the basics and walking with others. Another way to look at these two steps are spiritual practices that we do with God and spiritual practices we do with those around us. These two steps are really two sides of the same coin. And when it comes to creating a healthy lifestyle, that will protect us from burnout, we need private time with God as well as close relationships with other people. In this chapter, John gives us some practical tips on how to put steps two and three into practice. And these practices aren't only for those who are in burnout. Instead, they are practices each of us can do every day to create a healthy lifestyle of discipleship. So I want to drill in just a little bit on this idea that um, 60 cent. 66% of uh, lead pastors don't have significant friendships uh, because that that really – that hurts me. I mean I, I, I grew up a pastor's kid and a missionary kid later in life, and um, so like I, I, I went to Bible college and seminary. Like most of my friends are pastor's kids in some way, and, and yeah. so now you know in, in ministry in some way. Um, it's That's a significant issue, and knowing people who have suffered through that – what can pastors do to make sure that they're not losing, uh, you know, friends or, or staying in close uh, contact with friends? And, and, and I want to qualify that by then asking, is it possible for pastors to have deep friendships with people in their congregations? Okay. Or do they have to only look to other pastors? Yeah. Wow. So let me start with that one and then remind yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've got some follow-ups so, too. So. <laughs> yeah. So, the the deep friendship piece. You know, what do they do? Right? How do they manage that? Um, look, God has wired us, hardwired us for friendship. He um, he said to Adam, or about Adam, before the fall, it's not good for the man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And and so accepting the fact that I'll never really arrive at the destination the Lord wants me to all by myself. Um, I'll never achieve what the Lord has purposed for me to achieve by myself. 
Uh, I've got to have people who are speaking into my life, people that um, can challenge me, people who can laugh with me, people who can hold me accountable. Um, so, you know, we so we really try to help them think about, um, first of all, the value of that. But then we started to drill in, is it advisable for you to do that in your home church or and, and there's always risk associated with that, right? Now, I grew up, when I grew up, the, the mantra was, you can't have close friends in the church you leave. Mm -hmm. That was drilled into me as a young uh, pastor. Um, I don't see that in scripture. You know, the apostle Paul uh, in Romans 16 called several people. He lists this group of people who kind of helped him there in, in, in Rome. And he calls some of them his dear friends. You know, Epinetus, my dear friend, Stachus, my dear friend. In Philippians, he, he talks about the friendship that he enjoyed with the Philippian believers. You know, so, mm -hmm. so when you read script, even Jesus called the disciples his friends. So they no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Um, this whole idea that, that you can't have friends uh, is I don't think it's biblical. I think it's based out of bad experiences mm. where pastors have been hurt. They've been uh, taken advantage of, and they said, I'm never letting that happen to me again. So this is the way I'm going. I'm, I'm going to distance myself from people. And are there certain people you should distance, distance yourself from? Absolutely. Not everybody's a candidate for friendship. Yeah. Um, it's all about risk management, guys, and and your understanding of risk. It's it's risky to have every relationship has risk, mm -hmm. but being isolated has even more risk, in my opinion. Yeah. So we try to help guys understand this, and uh, that's kind of the way we we try to address it with them. So I guess I'll, then I want to ask the other side of that question, and that what is it that people in the congregations can do to best help their pastor, their leaders in this area? How can they reach out and support them in a way that's, you know, uh, you know, non-threatening and, you know, would maintain uh, healthy boundaries? Well, first of all, realize that you need to let your pastor be friends with who he wants to be friends with. Mm. <laughs> you know, he may not, he may not click with you and you have to be okay with that. Um, let him have friends. And if that, and if that friendship that you want with him isn't reciprocated, don't take that personally. Um, don't, don't take that as a point of criticism of, of your leader. Look, let him choose his friends. He wouldn't tell you who you're supposed to be friends with, right? <laughs> yeah. So return the favor to him. Be gracious about that. Um, let understand he's human just like you he has the same limitations you do in terms of time in terms of uh, energy uh, capacity uh, he's just like you he's just he, he's the same guy he's a work in progress just like you are he might be he may be a little further down the road he may not be i don't know it depends but if we can look at our pastor as human and not superhuman i think that's a gracious thing that we can do uh, for our leaders. Uh, so those are a couple of thoughts that come to my mind right away. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. 
I want to take a look at uh, how we can really build for a healthy lifestyle after we've gone through this this phase of of triage. Um, in our spirit, our step two of creating a lifestyle of discipleship, we have practicing the basics, and we really divide those into into two different categories. We have the internal ones and the external ones. The, the I don't remember who it is. I'm going to forget it. The inhaling yeah, disciplines yeah. and the exhaling disciplines. Okay. Um, when it comes to creating a healthy lifestyle after we've gone through these things, what are some of the, the internal disciplines that we can put into practice to, to keep ourselves healthy? And what are some of the external disciplines that we can put into practice? Okay. So on the internal side, guys, I'm thinking about maybe three or four things. I'll give them to you pretty quickly. Uh, one is meaningful times of connection with God every day. I mean, that just cannot be overstated how important that part of our life is and how I, I think I think all three parts of us bleed into each other. You know, the spiritual does bleed into the emotional, the emotional does bleed into the I think they all connect. So spending time with God every day, uh, talking to him, listening, uh, studying the word, uh, even journaling. I, I think that's really important. Uh, I think learning, I said this earlier, learning how to become your own best friend. And mm -hmm. by that, I mean, watching your self-talk, making sure that you're not uh, slinging verbal insults inward towards yourself. That's an that's internal, put it. that's an yeah. internal discipline. It's just, so when I, when I sling a verbal insult towards myself, it's every bit as damaging as if I would do that to one of you two guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's every bit as sinful. Uh, from God's perspective, um, another mm, one would a good be, point. yeah, another one would be learning. Guys, this one's a little bit harder to do, but learning how to identify what's actually going on inside of our heart. You know, getting in touch with our emotions. What am I feeling right now? Um, is this a familiar feeling? Uh, and then learning how to care for that part of ourselves. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to guard our hearts to care for our heart. And part of caring for our heart is, is actually understand what's going on inside of there and then inviting God into that. So I think, I think those are some of the internal um, disciplines, I think, that will really help us uh, get and stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that journaling one is a, is a big piece, I think, especially for identifying uh that's negative self-talk at least. And again, this has been uh, true in my own life because I remember there's a, this is when it really stuck to me is I remember I had a weekend where I was, um, I, I was journaling and, um, but for whatever reason, Monday morning came around and I was like, you know, people were like, Hey, how was your weekend? And I was like, man, it was terrible. It was awful. And, I, but I didn't know why it was awful. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put my, my finger on it. And so I was like, well, I did journal this week. Let me go back and look and see, you know, what was going on. And I realized that the weekend was actually awesome. There was just like one little thing that happened like Sunday evening that sort of threw me out of, you know, sorts. And then that colored the way I saw the entire weekend. And so I was yeah. beating myself up all Monday morning because I'd had this terrible weekend and woe was me. And I was like, oh, wait a second. So that journal really did provide that. Yeah clarity for at least me looking back but you know 
I think the same is true even writing down like, you know, just what's going on. It helps you develop some of that emotional intelligence that you're talking yeah. about here. And um, and then that's that's bleeds into the spiritual life. Yeah. You know, guys, if I could just add one more thought there, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, I, I think taking time to reflect and think uh, about things like we you've talked about identity uh, several times. You've mentioned that. And in one of the uh, transitions of health for a leader is when they learn how to work from their identity and not for their identity. And, and so taking time internally to reflect on what is my identity? I'm adopted. I, I was, I'm, an, I'm an heir. I'm a son. Uh, I, in Ephesians 1.5, it says that I, in love, he predestined me to be adopted according to his pleasure. That language blows me away when I really reflect on that and think about that. So part of the internal discipline is reminding myself about my identity and, and, and thinking that deeply so I can learn how to operate from it instead of for it. It's good. That's really good. So good. So what about some external disciplines, things that we can do with others to maintain a healthy lifestyle and, and uh, really be healthy? I, you know, we're struggling to do this right now, but gathering <laughs> yeah. really, that really helps. Uh, there's something exponentially powerful about gathering together with like-minded believers. Um, I, I think an external, uh, and I think maybe a subset of that is some sort of small group or uh, relationship with uh, guys who we can talk about a lot of stuff. We can talk about the Lord. We can talk about what's going on in our marriage. We can talk about what's going on in our work, uh, in our head. And um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, I think telling our story, our conversion story, mm. is a really powerful discipline, external discipline. Uh, there's nothing That's quite good. like yeah. telling the story of your conversion. And it, it brings me back. It was 46 years ago for me, almost. But when I tell it, it brings me back to when I, to that night that I gave my life to Christ. And it's, there's something uh, unique about that. And, and then if you are fortunate enough to see that person come to the Lord to, to begin to disciple them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, my wife and I are actually discipling a young married couple who came to Jesus while I was doing premarital counseling for them. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, they, they weren't believers at the beginning, but about three quarters of the way through, they ended up going to a church and giving their life to Jesus at this church. And, uh, and we've, uh, been working with them and I, I don't know if there's anything more fun than yeah. seeing somebody come to Jesus and then having the opportunity to help them just figure out how to walk with the Lord. So I, I think that's an external uh, a discipline. I think I think develop, de- discovering your gifts and the way God's uh, wired you and gifted you and developing that and using that to serve people. Mm-hmm. I think that's an external discipline. So I, those are some of my thoughts on that question, guys. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's good. And and I actually think this season of uh, quarantine, we'll call it that, uh, <laughs> is actually uh, a good opportunity 
to put both of these in practice, even though it seems a little bit more difficult to put in to practice some of the, the more external ones. Obviously, we can't gather together. Um, I'm really encouraged by the ways that people are at least reaching out to to others. And so, I mean, uh, we are blessed to at least go through this in a time where technology is is such that we can use it. You know, we can have this conversation face-to-face via uh, Skype right now. And so um, it, it does, it changes the dynamic, just being able to play off of each other's uh, body language and, you know, facial features and stuff like that. It's, it's a great joy. And so I, I would like to encourage, uh, I, w- I want to echo what you just said and encourage people, you know, take the time right now, man. There's just not a lot going on and uh, perhaps your house is busy, I think that's all the more reason why you need to go and find a quiet corner, at least at some point, and do it exactly what you said, man. Meditate on your identity. Try to come at that and figure that out. And then a great way would be to come out of that time and tell somebody about your testimony. You know, how did, how did Christ save you? Where did he come to you? And then, uh, uh, you know, I let that sort of uh, flow and uh, see what God wants to do with that. Because I think those are those are some excellent disciplines that you've laid out there for us. Um, John, where can people go to uh, find out more about your work with Converge Coaching and and, uh, and support you? The best place really is to go to our website. It's convergecoach.com. And uh, there they can learn about the different ways that we help leaders. Uh, they can out. They can strike up a conversation with us uh, from the website that we have a contact us uh, button uh, there. They can just reach out to us uh, via email and uh, begin uh, talking with us. But that's really the best place for them to get a good feel for how we help. Cool, great. And you guys do have social media pages and stuff, and uh, we will have links to all of that in the show notes, so you guys can uh, go down there and. Uh, you know, like, subscribe on the various social media platforms and uh, check out convergecoach.com because it's, uh, if, especially if you're a leader, it's well worth your time. They've got all kinds of great uh, resources on there and some free resources on there. And so uh, some some really cool alignment tools that uh, I was checking out. So um, yeah, definitely go and check those things out. Um, John, thank you so much for being with us uh, here today and for uh, sharing your story and, and your wisdom with us. I, I do want to open it up for one last, uh, if you just feel like you, you want to say something or direct call to action to our audience, uh, I, I want to give you that opportunity to, uh, to do so. So if I could just say this, if you're a leader and uh, you are struggling, you, uh, you don't have anybody that you feel like is safe or competent to reach out to. We want you to reach out to us. We, we uh, are concerned for you. We want you to be healthy. We want you to be healthy in your personal life. And we feel like God has given us the ability uh, and the grace to be able to be helpful to you. So if you find yourself in need, uh, please reach out to us. If, if you're healthy and you just want to grow and develop and uh, see your church reach its full potential, we would love to come alongside you and help you with that too. So, you know, we love working on the preventive side as well as we do the curative side of things. So yeah, reach out to us. Don't delay. John, thank you again so much for your time and the work that you're doing. It's my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. As we've talked about this week, dealing with burnout takes our entire lives. We can't fall into the trap of thinking we can get through this on our own or that we must handle this ourselves to prove that we are strong. 
This mindset just leads us deeper into the burnout we are so desperate to avoid. Instead, we need the right kind of lifestyle, one where our identity is rooted in Christ and we use internal and external disciplines to create a proper rhythm of work and rest, communal time, and personal solitude. But even this list can feel overwhelming. So instead, don't focus on all the things you need to do in order to avoid burnout. Focus on living life as an extension of who God has called you to be. If you make Christ your center, walking with him through the internal disciplines will come naturally. Sharing your life with others will become essential. Your work will be driven as a result of who God has created you to be, not in an effort to find meaning. And your life, lived from this place of identity, will lead others to see Jesus as your Lord. Focus on building your lifestyle around walking with Jesus, and you won't need to live in fear of burnout. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about John's work, check out convergecoach.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where we talk about a few of the things we've learned from this conversation with John. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.